As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Before we start today's podcast, who do we have on the phone? Hey, Miguel and Holly. How are you guys doing this morning? So well, Jacob. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Holly, guess what, Holly? Listen, Holly, um, I love you so much, Holly, that you are one of my favorites. And so far, Holly, listen, Holly, whenever, whenever the listeners give you a consequence, Holly, and it's fun, guess what, Holly? I feel so bad for you that I just want to call you up and get you out of it. You know Aww, what I'm saying? Oh, that's right? really that's sweet, Jacob. Story. Wait a minute. This sounds all no. nice, but what about all the times that I have to go through the consequences, Jacob? Not you feel same. bad for me? Not the same, Miguel. Oh, man, 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 oh, That's okay. Hey, it's okay, Ooh. Jacob. You know, I, I'm, I, I got this. I am a big, strong woman, and I uh, I can handle these consequences mostly. I'm not. I'm not strong. <laughs> I'm not big. I want you to protect me, I Jacob. I appreciate your concern, Jacob. Well, listen, 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 Miguel. Listen, 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 Miguel. Um, what day are you getting married? Do you know, Miguel? Yep, January 22nd, 2022, at the current hotel. And and so does this and so does this mean that me and you are still going to be able to do the podcast or no or or what's the deal going to be going on with that? Miguel, that do you does know not yet? me getting married does not change anything. Uh, it'll be the same. I'll still be the same food loving, buffalo loving, dog iffy person that mm. you've known for years. Question. Mm-hmm. And and tell me and. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Um, I want you guys to renew your contracts over at Hot 101.5 because you guys are my favorite, you know, especially well, you, Holly. You know. Oh, oh, oh thank well, you, Jacob. I'm gonna just go beat myself in the face, no, Jacob. But, thank no, you. That's a, you don't have to be the favorite, Miguel. Sometimes I'm allowed to be the favorite. That is fine. True. Well, Jacob. Come on, come on, come on. It's come on, fine. Miguel, Jacob, tell everybody what podcast they're listening to. They are listening to the Sweet Holly O'Connor yes. podcast on Hot 101.5. I had to do that to you, Miguel, this week. I don't know if I'll do it to you every week. Fine. We'll it's fine. Yeah. I'm just going to go punch myself in the no, face. No, that's fine. Excuse me. Get off my podcast. I'll talk to you guys next week, Holly, okay? Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller. Holly O'Connor. And Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. Hello, it is the Uncensored Podcast, but it is without the Holly today. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it next week, but because of some family stuff, Holly could not be on the podcast today. So it's just myself and good old Scotty the Body. Yeah, 
Yeah, old roommates. Aww. Have we ever done a podcast with just the two of us, Scott? I mean, there's been moments where it's just been us, but not like an actual podcast where it's just us. Oh. Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, no. This is the first time. Hello. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so I got to apologize to our YouTube fam, uh, the Miguel and Holly YouTube fam, B. Because of all the stuff that we had to get done last minute, we couldn't get on the YouTube, uh, but we will kick that back off next week. So this is going to be a little bit of a serious uh, uncensored podcast because a lot of you in the fam were sharing with me this video that you brought to my attention at the beginning of the week. And I was like, oh, let's talk about it. What is this? And so normally... We, to be 100% honest, and I am a little bit ashamed sometimes as a black man that I don't bring these issues up more often, mm-hmm. but you just get tired. I could only imagine, especially after everything that's in the news right now and right. everything that's happened in the past year, just yes. alone, yeah. just that alone, now that people's eyes are finally being open to it. You just get tired. And then after we went through everything with like, George Floyd and the social justice and the protest. And then they're like, usually what happens in our country is after we have this sort of awakening, there is a backlash. Yes. To where yes. you finally feel like, oh my gosh, we can talk about Juneteenth. We can talk about systemic racism. And we had lots of podcasts about that mm-hmm. last summer. And then there's a backlash. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, people are like, well, you need to show both sides or why you always got to bring up racism? Why you got it? And so I made a conscious choice for my own mental health that like I'm going to pick and choose when we do talk about those sort of issues because you just get tired. Well, yeah, especially I mean, especially now when you see people that always have something to say back at it, always have an attack back where it's like this is not something that we need to fight about. It's we have people that are not treated as equal. So let's help everyone be on the same playing field. And it's just that would be exhausting every day you try to fight that battle and you always have somebody coming back with, well, what about this? What about this? It's not about that. That is not what we're talking about right now. You know, it's like that part is absolutely exhausting, especially on social media where people just feel like they could say anything and share anything they want. And the sad thing is it's like a lot of it is just wrong and false information. It's unfortunate. It's continuous. Well, and sadly, you would think that we would be exempt from that in our bubble of Tampa Bay. But sadly... This is why I wanted to bring the story forward, because I wanted to show that this stuff still happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw this video, and I'm going to let her describe it. Uh, her name is Foranda, the owner of the Cake Drip in Hyde Park Village. How are you? Hey, I'm well. How about yourself? All right, all right. So first, before we get to, like, the not great stuff, let's talk about the Cake Drip in your business. And I this have to real good. say that I've had some of our fan members like send me Insta stories, um, uh, Insta reels, TikToks yeah. of your business. And they're like, you have got to make it over there. And I'm like, yes, I do. But I'm trying to lose weight. I got a wedding coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, for people, here, but for people that haven't been to the Cake Drip in Hyde Park Village, can you sort of describe your business? Yeah, of course. Um, the cake drip is pretty much based on, um, it's a dessert boutique, but it's um, DIY. It's all customized desserts. You customize them yourself. Um, but we're really known for the experiences that we give at the cake drip, um, from the photo ops to you coming in and creating your own chocolate bars mm. to decorating your own cakes. Um, for the holidays, we have like gingerbread things going on, um, but it's all do-it-yourself. 
and um, this beautiful setting filled with flowers, um, wow. a tub full of bubbles, and like I said, a ton of different photo um, ops for you to take pictures. Mm-hmm. And then um, you have complimentary champagne. The glasses are mm. always wrapped in some kind of like buttercream and or cotton candy. It's always wrapped with something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have champagne, and you're in uh, this setting, and it's like it's just a vibe. It's the music. It's the people. It's the it's the whole atmosphere. So when you see people posting it or people trying it to describe it, all they can say is really, it's a vibe. It yeah. definitely, definitely it is, is a vibe. definitely a vibe. I'm looking at your Instagram <laughs> right now, Cake Drip Hyde Park, and everything about it is so aesthetically pleasing. Just all these videos, all the flowers, all the colors. I need to have a little date over there. I just saw some tea and some little cakes. Oh! Scott is ready to go over there. Now, Faranda, tell me real quick, though, how did you come to create the cake drip? Like, what were you doing before this yeah. business was born? Um, well, my family and I, we were originally from St. Petersburg, but we've been gone for a little over 20 years. Um, and with that time, I um, took off and started um, my culinary career. Mm. And um, in 2008, I opened a company called ABC Chefs. Um, we have a few locations in St. Louis and in California. Um, and what that is, it's a children's co- um, culinary school. Mm. And we teach cooking classes from ages 2 to 17. Um, we are really known in California for working with, like, um, some of the really big chefs. Um, we've done stuff with Food Network, um, Master Chefs Junior, uh, Guy Fieri. My daughter is um, even a celebrity chef oh, as wow. well. So that's what we were doing before Cake Drip. And still are doing. So what made you decide to come back to little old Tampa Bay to start the uh, COVID. COVID happened. Oh. And um, uh, our city was completely shut down. And we wanted to also come back home. My daughter got a little older, was finishing her last year at high school, and just kind of get her around her grandparents. But And we came back. Um, I was going back and forth, actually, with WS, um, which is Hyatt Park Village um, leasing company, for over two years. Mm. They wanted me to bring the kids' cooking school to Tampa, um, Mm. to Hyatt Park, um, until I actually moved to the area and did research myself. And I was like, wait, 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 no, there's not enough kids. Like, the Hyatt Park is more of like a date night, you know, like a sexy night out with your girls or with your your whatever, your partner. And... um, so we ended up switching from the kids' cooking school to cake drip. Mm. Ah. So that leads us to opening up in Hyde Park. And, yeah. you know, you said you'd been away for 20 years. Did you, because I've only been in Tampa Bay in some form or fashion for the past, like, 10 or 11 years now, or 10 years now. So, like, to me, and as a black person, we're just going to get real real, like, Hyde Park's very white. It's very white. Yeah. But as a black person from Atlanta who grew up on the south side but went to uh, white schools, went to a very predominantly white university, and in my career in radio, it's very white, I'm used to being the only black person around. So it wasn't anything different going. I was like, oh, it's just another space that I'm in. It's a lot of white people. Did you have any concerns going into that space before you decided to open up the cake drip there? No, because all of my, I, I hear 100%, and High Park is definitely predominantly white. Even the neighborhood that we live in, we are the only black family in our neighborhood, we mm. believe. Um, well, we haven't seen anybody over a year if, if they're here. <laughs> um, also, but every other location that we have, uh, we have 12 other storefronts, and they're all in white communities. So High Park is not 
the, the first area that we've put our established business in. Um, so I wasn't concerned about that at all because, my gosh, it's 2021, and right. I've never experienced anything like this in my life as long as I've done business. I mean, I have storefronts in Beverly Hills, I, in the middle of Chesterfield, Missouri. I mean, mm. and these are really, like, really, really white areas, and I've never had an issue like I've had at Hyatt, um, in Hyatt Park. And, again, it hasn't been, like, customer-based. It hasn't been neighbor-based um, at all. It's literally been just the condos and um, WS just not listening to us. So let's get to what happened and what was sent to me on social media. What happened? Um, well, what, what was sent on social media is only just a little of what's been happening since we opened in March. Okay. Um, we opened in March, and um, again, with Cake Drip, the music part is a huge part of our aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the first week we opened, we had like a DJ, and the DJ would come out every weekend, right? And everyone would nice. love to have a DJ there. He's a phenomenal. He's well known here um, in South Tampa. And, um, and we just kept getting complaints about the music, the music. So I go, okay, well, let's not have the DJ yell out happy birthday on the microphone or, you know, turn down the bass or doing all these things until we got. Uh-oh. Veranda? And, yep. Oh, sorry. We lost you for a second. Oh, where was I? What. There you go. You said, <laughs> so you tell him to turn the bass down and. Okay. Yeah, so they he turned down the base, and then we just got so sick of the emails and um, the property managers and people sending security to sit in front of our storefront. We just cut the DJ completely. Then oh. it went on to the speakers. I mean, changed the speakers out. Then another set of speakers. Then a sound guy. And it just kept going on. And Friday night was supposedly the last time that they were going to come into our space. They soundproofed it before, and then they had another sound guy come in for the last time to kind of put it to rest. And they were not happy. I mean, they came down, uh, one came down yelling, screaming, we asked her to leave. And then the one that's shown in the video that actually um, assaulted me by hitting me (gasps) and screaming racial slurs at me, Mm. um, that was my first encounter with her. Now, just before we get into exactly like what happened with her, if someone's not been to Hyde Park Village before, so you have these storefronts that are facing the street, and on top of all of these stores are condos. Yeah, so you have the the businesses and the like in the circle in the street, and then behind some of the businesses, there's a little alley, and we're back in that alley, so we have the condos on top of us. Gotcha. Okay. And so I'm assuming, obviously, these are businesses that, you know, because I've been in some of those businesses. I go to Soul Cycle every weekend over there, and I've been to Lululemon over there. So, I mean, these are places that have loud music playing all the time. So was this brought up before you all even moved in or anything? No. So we also had our attorney reach out to um, them as well to say, like, hey, it's not this, you know, she's not violating her lease or, you know, you the music is not spilling outside of the space, so we're not understanding what's happening. But the residents made it pretty clear. They just said, we don't like your music. Mm. Uh, we're going to make sure that you're gone. And uh, they said this numerous times. I've even sent emails to let them know, hey, we're starting to feel like, you know, this is racial motivated. Uh, we're not feeling safe. And this was way earlier 
on like in April or um, early June. We kept going back and forth. We were just concerned about our safety there. So what happened with this one particular lady? Well, that lady there comes to find out she is the uh, president of the um, condos. Um, so she doesn't live, I just want she doesn't live above us. Mm-hmm. She lives on the other side um, of the other circle with the other condos above her. So, but um, yeah, she just stormed in and on her phone and she was on the phone with the lady that previously came into our store numerous times, but also that night. And um, yeah, she just honestly just lost her mind you the last video we posted you see me asking her to leave and she leans in and she's like you black this and that and i go that's completely fine i'll be all of that you need Mm. to leave like trying to compose myself to like really not lose it on this lady because i'm like you know i'm in the middle of business i'm really trying here and i'm trying to set an example all of my staff my daughter's there they're really young um i think the oldest i have is 25 that works there mm. so you know you want to be able to set an example and not like lose your shit in front of you know these kids and um mm. then we're outside and it just goes left i think what really is our issue is when she launched at my daughter in that video mm. i was just like okay you're done i cannot open back that storefront my husband is a black male me being a black woman my daughter is there my staff is there who's i have a really diverse staff as well Mm -hmm. um i don't know if i'm gonna react the same way next time if that happens and i don't want to play russian roulette with that i think we did that long enough and we underestimated what could happen well we didn't we knew but obviously we were trying to you know just kind of go along with it and yeah, we're just not comfortable and it's not cool. Mm. That just really hurts my heart. And I would hope and think, and especially being in this community and living in Tampa Bay for the past, you know, six years and really interacting with the community because of the, this job, yeah. that people would have evolved and not really target the one black business that's there playing i'm assuming like hip-hop music yeah that we would have moved past that by now uh Feranda, what were some of the things that she was saying or what they have been saying about the music or you all are like just are they just throwing out slurs yeah, uh, that night, what really stood out to me was, you stupid black bitch. And I was mm. just like, I may be a lot of things, but stupid, I am not. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. You're um, like, excuse me, excuse yeah, me, look what I have done. Kept, you just kept saying it, and I'm just like, she's so ignorant. It's just complete stupidity. Um, and, you know, again, like you said, my background is I work with kids 2 to 17, so I'm so used to, like, you know, kids coming up to say, hey, you know, Feranda, so-and-so hit me. And I make sure the kids sit down and explain, like, what happened? He hit me. Well, tell me, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, that makes me very sad that you hit me and it hurts my feelings. And I wanted to kind of say that that night to her mm, because it, right. she was acting like a child. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you can use your words all you want. But when you put your hands on someone, you completely cross the line, completely cross the line. And my feelings are hurt. Mm. If we had her on the phone right now, what would you say to her? And to Uh, those people that have been complaining? 
oh my gosh, you know, I honestly don't know what I would say. Right. I, I've been literally trying to avoid that area because I'm still pissed. So I'm like, I don't know if I see homegirl again, if I'm going to behave the same way. So I need some time to cool down myself. Right. So I just been avoiding that whole scene as much as I can. And like I said, we live here. I, I, my, I walk to work. I'm not even five minutes away from my storefront. Mm. And, you know, so I'm at the meat market a lot. I'm at, you know, restaurants and the businesses all there I support. We're all friends. And um, even that, you know, I go and have dinners and then some of the residents have the nerve to come down and want to have a conversation in the middle of dinner. Mm. You know what I mean? And right. It's just like you have, they feel like they have, be okay like what gave you that right like who do you think you are mm. that you can come and address me at any time disrupt my business disrupt my dinner i'm just like it's so disrespectful right. at the end of the day it's just total disrespect would you say that it feels like they have this privilege that makes them feel like they can just do or say anything they want Oh, it's definitely privilege. It is definitely privilege. But, you know, um, I, I was telling another uh, reporter, I said, these people, this has been going on forever. If you read, like, the messages on Instagram, the DMs, and all the things I've been receiving, um, they've been doing this for a while. This lady has been caught throwing eggs at some of the maintenance work crew that work there, um, racial slurs. Like, they've been acting insane for a while. And no one has, like, stood up to them. So I think when that happened on Friday, they were a little shocked, right? They, mm. She was in shock. What she wanted me to do, I didn't do. I didn't react the way she wanted yeah, me to react. Exactly. Right. And so I think that left her a little shocked. And I always say, okay, we're the first black female business here. I'm glad it's me. I'm so happy you knocked on my door, but you done knocked on the wrong sister door. Like, I am not <laughs> the one who's going to just let it go. Yes. No, ma'am. I can't let that go. Ugh. My God, I'm so sorry. Um, so what are the next steps? What what happens next, Rhonda? Well, um, Cake Drop is closed until um, they find us a new space that is not near any tenants. Um, we've been trying our best to work with the property managers. They keep telling us there's no spaces. I'm like, you've been telling me that since March, and I've seen mm. 20 new businesses yeah. come in. Their space is there. Right. Um, so you, they're going to have to find a space. We won't open because we're not safe there. And we're pressing charges against Debbie that's in that video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're pressing uh, battery charges against her and, um, yeah, and suing the condos for harassment. Mm. Wow. Just really, and, you know, I'll say, like, especially over the past year, um, I'm engaged and I'm black. Ooh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, my fiance, he's white from uh, Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York. And so he's never really seen racism up close. And part of our sort of process of being together is I'm like, I need you to understand where I come from, when, why I get upset, why I'm so invested in watching these sort of stories. And so through the years, Uh, I've made him watch a lot of uh, movies and TV shows dealing with racism and systemic racism. And especially when it comes to like the real estate issues and the redlining from back in the day and all those things, because I'm like, you need to understand who I am and where I come from. And his eyes have been completely opened. 
Do you feel yeah. like you are getting that sort of sympathy from the communities surrounding you that aren't those particular people? Because like you said, Hyde Park is not racist. It's not a racist place. You just no. have those patch of people there that yeah, are. For sure. Um, well, our supporters are amazing. Oh, my gosh. The outpour of love and support. I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm like, <laughs> these are people that you know, we have actually connected with. When you come into our space, you're not just there to make a candy bar or a cake. No, we want to get to know you. I want to know about your family. If it's your birthday, I want to turn up with you. Mm. If it's your bridal shower, whatever it is, I want to make sure you're having a good time and I want to make it unforgettable. And the outpour of support that we've been getting is just showing that they haven't forgotten us. You know, mm. that it's, it's, it's real love. It's genuine love. And they honestly do care. They're really pissed about what's happening um, to us. And, yeah, they have been supportive like crazy. The phone calls, the emails, the text messages, the DMs, they're all like, girl, we got you. We're here with you. That is unacceptable. And we know it's just a handful of assholes. Like, we know that. But I'm willing to stick it out, and I'm willing to deal with each and every one of them until they're all removed. Like, I just... I cannot let that go. I can't be the first black business here and then get ran off. No, I'm going to be the first black business here and I'm going to stay. Mm. And then you're going to have another black business and other black businesses and more um, people of color businesses here. And I think at the end of the day, that's my goal. I see a bigger picture um, mm. with it. I don't want, you're not going to be able to pay me off and be done. My pockets are just fine. So I'm willing to stick it out and um, I, I want to see it through. Girl, wow. Yes. For real. Yes. Well, as soon as you open, Ooh. we will be there. I will throw my diet to the wayside. For real, I want to. I want some chocolate right now. <laughs> well, Faranda, how can people find you or your business? Just if they want to follow along with the story, um, follow us on Instagram, the Cake Trip at Hyde Park. Um, we put all of our updates, what's going on with the store, and then also what's going on with this mess as well. Wow. Well, Faranda, thank you so much for telling your story. And hopefully we've opened some eyes for our uh, fam here that listens to our podcast that they can understand that, unfortunately, this stuff is still alive and well. And we always like to leave it with a positive bent that, like, it's not everyone. There's no. just a few no. rotten apples that really just make it a shitty Screw experience it up for sometimes. a lot of people. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that for everyone sure. is like that. Well, Faranda, thank you so much for sharing your story. We appreciate it. No, thank you, and congrats again on the engagement. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh-huh. You too. Bye-bye. Ugh, that just hurts my heart. That's wild. It's just, you know what's sad is just, like, it's that evil mindset of somebody that's like, I'm going to just torment them until they leave, right. and that's how I win. I'm going to continue to do it. I will cause a scene until they get intimidated and leave, and that's why I think it's just so amazing. Like, that last little bit that she said, like, you could try all you want, but, like, I'm going to stay here, and I'm right. going to lead the way for other you know, people of color to come build businesses here. Like, this is a place for everyone. It's not right. just to have one storefront that's just all white. It's like, right. no, it's a place for everybody. It's just sad. It's sad because that's the reality that it's like, I, you know, I didn't realize it growing up. I didn't see this everywhere I went. But to see it now and now that we have so much access to what really happens when these moments happen, when mm-hmm. people just try to use that intimidation and they try to rough up everything and make you leave, and it's like you're just left empty-handed having to leave when it's like you shouldn't have to leave. Right. This is your community, your home too. And it's like to even have to face the battle is rough. But, you know, I guess the one bright light is that you do see those comments on the videos and how much support and love and just a whole community backing this business 
really is coming together to make sure that it's like, you know what? You are not kicking them to the curb. They will stay and there will be more. There is a, a show that, uh, here we go, them. There we go, that sort of talks about this and how when black families in the past and when black owner business owners like this have moved into communities, and it's sort of like this latent, very quiet racism that happens mm. to make them move away. Now, granted, this show is also based a little bit on, um, uh, like, uh, the supernatural as well, but the basis of it is exactly what happened back in California in the 50s. So we know of Compton as, like, being sort of, like, hood, yeah. dangerous. Well, back in the 50s, it was, like, all white. It was, like, Hyde Park, basically, of the oh. 50s. And then one black family moved in, and then they were tormented. They move out, and then another black family move in, they'd be tormented. And so this show deals with that. They add a supernatural level to it. It's called Them on Amazon Prime. It's a fascinating look at what it was like back then. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, NPR, they've done several stories. Um, I mean, and if you just ever want to dig into it, because to me, I've been so interested in how— this has worked and what black people have had to do. And I give people like Faranda so much credit, especially black women that have had to just shoulder so much bravery and responsibility of making sure that it is a safe space for other people of color to be. Yeah. And it's wild to see that. It's like, I love that she even brought up the fact that it's like, I had to compose myself and I had to control my emotions because you know, damn well, like the story would be flipped the moment that she decided to get on the same level as that woman that had to come in and cause a scene. Like, the moment that she decides to raise her voice, oh, no, now it's on Feranda. She caused the problem. It's like, whoa, no, 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 no. It's just sad to see that that's the reality. It's like, yeah, you have to compose yourself because the public, there are certain people that want to flip it as soon as you let them. And And it's like, I'm just so happy that she didn't, and now the real story is there. And that's always, exactly, and that's always the trope of the angry black woman or the angry black man. I mean, and I've talked about it on the podcast before about how, as a young black man, like, you are taught to smile. When I go to a store, if I'm somewhere out late at night and it's dark, I keep my hands out of my pockets and I smile. And I make sure that if I'm walking around a corner and it's night, I'm jingling my keys just to make sure. Because our society, unfortunately, has built this vision of black people as being angry or evil or dangerous. Yeah. Like we got, And it's like, girl, you should be doing that regardless of your whoever you yeah. are, who's around the corner, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. You should be protecting yourself. But yeah. that's something that we as black people have always had to do of like you have to make yourself look more affable and more pleasant so people aren't afraid of you because just like you said, Faranda knows – if if she would have given that vitriol back to that woman, that would have been the story. Yeah, and it's those little things. Like, that's really what's opened my eyes is, like, those are the little things that, you know, somebody like me, like, would not really understand as racism. Like, those quiet little things where people are just making those quiet comments or saying, complaining that the music is too loud. Quote, unquote, your the music. Because I know, like, there's people that I've, like, you know, been in my life that it's, like, they don't really understand what it means, like, Oh, let's say, quote unquote, like, there's no racism. Like, I've never experienced racism. It's like, you haven't, but you don't pick up on these cues. Right. You don't pick up on when someone says, your music is too loud, even though, you know, like you said, like Soul Cycle down the street, they're boom, and they got yes, a subwoofer up and so they're getting loud. you pumped up. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. But as right. soon as it's a little 
hip hop and a little bass underneath mm-hmm. you, and you get one reason to say, hey, it's a little too loud. Mm-hmm. It's those moments that I think when it's like you finally start to open your eyes and have these conversations, like you start to pick up a little bit. You start to see that it's like, wait, why did that person look at them differently than they looked at me? Why did that person approach that person in the store immediately as they walked in? And meanwhile, I'm over here with sunglasses and a hoodie, and I'm just walking around doing whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. It's those little things that it's like, that's the bigger conversation. Like, racism is not dead. Right. It's just you got to open your eyes to see where it's at, and we all have to come together to actually have the conversations that, hey, we could be better. We just got to do better. And what's unfortunate is that a lot of people don't even realize that they're doing it. And we'll end on this. Um, when I was at a mall here in Tampa Bay and I was at a store and this was probably in the spring sometime and I've never had this happen to me before where there were several other people in the store but this one white clerk was literally following me around the store and there was like nobody else in there yeah and like at first I was like oh okay like they're just trying they're to be trying super to helpful quote unquote, help me out right but then because here's something as a black person that I've learned is that now I always you don't want to scream racism you don't want to say it's racist because then people say well why you got to pull the race card why you always got to assume it's racism and so my default is always to be like all right he's just trying to be helpful what? he's just trying to be helpful mm-hmm. but then when three other people come into the store, and he doesn't follow them around. And when I'm looking at stuff and I can see him looking at a shirt but then keep glancing at me, what else am I supposed to believe he's doing when he hasn't followed the two other people that are white coming mm-hmm. to the store? Those are the little things that happen. And as a black person, you sort of see it. And literally once I I, I was like, all right, without a doubt, I know what this bitch is doing. I fucking threw it down and I walked out the store and I was like, I'll never be back to this store ever again. Yeah. But like, I never talk about it because once again, how do you know? How do you know he was being right? How do you know he was following you? And so that's sort of the blight of mm. the black person that sucks is that you're afraid to even talk about when it happens because they're going to just say you're pulling the race car. And that's, oh, like that's what I mean by the intimidation factor because that's another way of doing it. Like by saying the quote-unquote race card, you don't allow the conversation to happen. Instead of being offended by somebody bringing up race, have the discussion. Right. Oh, I didn't realize I was doing Like, let me learn. Like, I didn't realize that it's being viewed in this light. I didn't mean it by that. Let's discuss. How could we do better? Instead of automatically shutting it down because you think someone's pulling the race card. Like, that's another way of just being intimidating so we can't have the discussion when in reality we need the discussion. That's a great example. That's, Mm. it's just, uh, it's hard to really open your eyes and see it, but... It's what's around. So sad. Well, thanks to Faranda from mm. the Cake Drip in Hyde Park uh, for coming on with us. And the show is called... And if you want to, like, sort of dive into some of these stories, because you're like, wow, like, I've never heard of this and I'm interested. Uh, the the show Them on Amazon Prime, another one that is so deep and so good, also deals with sci-fi issues. But that's what makes these shows so good is because it shows you even with the sci-fi element, how these issues pop up. Lovecraft Country on HBO Max or HBO. Uh, That show right there, there's one scene in particular um, where, like I said, deals with supernatural elements. But there is something where a black woman is able to turn into a white woman whenever she wants to. Oh. And you've heard of the story of Emmett Till, the black kid who... Uh, was murdered or he put on was put on trial for looking at a woman he was like 13 young guy he the white people said he was looking at a white woman 
they literally took him, dragged him, beat him to death. Um, his mom took him back to Chicago where they she had an open casket funeral and they put the picture of his beaten body on what's called Jet Magazine, I believe. It's a black magazine that I grew up reading. Yeah. Um, she wanted everyone to see what could happen in the South. Well, this show deals, they weave that story, real life story into the show. Wow. And so one of the characters who can turn into a white woman on that day that like the city, the black community is mourning, she decides to be white. And she has this conversation with the sort of witch that gave her the potion to turn white. And she was like, of all days where your community is grieving, why would you want to be white? And the monologue she gives as we were watching it, we had to stop it because Abe was crying. And he was like, is that how you feel around like white people sometimes? And I was like, yes. And it perfectly summed it up better than I could ever say. So if you're ever interested, that's Lovecraft Country on HBO. So good. Wow. Uh, Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. And you can find Holly at Radio Holly. And she'll be back next week. And mine is Miguel Fuller. Make sure to leave us a rating or review. We'd really appreciate it. And also, thank you to Jacob two times for helping us start the podcast. We'll see you next week.